For over 10 years, VOC Nation has taken listeners behind the scenes of the greatest moments in pro wrestling history. Our hosts are not only experts on the business, but have lived in the business. Subscribe and hear weekly podcasts from hosts like legendary pro wrestling journalist Bill Apter, former Impact Wrestling star Wes Briscoe, former WWE and AWA broadcaster Ken Resnick, former WWE and TNA star Shelly Martinez, former WCW star The Maestro, NWA legend The Raging Bull Manny Fernandez, and much more. VOC Nation programming is free on most major podcasting apps, including iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and Radio.com. And video podcast and bonus content is available on Patreon for as low as $3 a month. What are you waiting for? Head to VOCNation.com and dig into the most comprehensive podcast network built for pro wrestling fans. Find us on Facebook and Instagram at VOC Nation Wrestling Network and follow us on Twitter at VOC Nation. My name is C.T. McManus, and for the next two hours, it is my job to take your mind off the craziness of the world out there and get it refocused in on some good old-fashioned rock and roll. Welcome, guys. Welcome to Moon Day. Welcome to episode 142. Hopefully, we're making your Monday suck just a little bit less. Guys, we have a great show for you this evening. We're going to be joined by 2020 Rock and Roll Union Artist of the Year, Blackleg Miner. They'll be calling in in just a little bit. And then in top of the 7 o'clock hour, we're going to be joined by Mike LaPond. That's right, Mike LaPond of Symphony X and about two or three other bands that are out there, the Silent Assassins and more. And uh, we're going to be talking everything Symphony X. We're going to be talking the, the last album, uh, Silent Assassins. It came out just about a year ago. We're going to be discussing all that, guys. we got a lot to get uh, to. Also, wanted to give you guys a little bit of a heads up if you followed us on the facebook page you'll know that we have two new 
co-host with us on the show. Unfortunately, this evening, our returning co-host, the lovely Dee, is dealing with a nasty bout of, uh, we're not sure if it's a stomach bug or food poisoning. She's laying in bed. She's not doing so well, but she will be with us next Monday night. So uh, a little uh, prayer for her, a little uh, get well soon, and she'll be back with us next Monday night. Also, our new co-host, man, I'm really, really excited to announce this. If you haven't seen it on the Facebook page yet, he'll be calling in about 6.30, 6.45-ish. He's got the little monsters tonight, so he's uh, going to have a little bit of an abbreviated spot with us this evening. But, guys, our new co-host will be Psycho Steve from the Metal Summit. Really, really excited for him to join the crew, man. He's very knowledgeable, very, very musical oriented man he's a great guy known him for a while now and uh guys just really really excited to see him come on board now i don't know if you guys how much you guys pay attention to uh different things around the rock world my boys in tantric um i'm talking about jaron gelino and uh sebastian labar we go back to the mock 22 days but love them as they got into the, the tantric and uh, they just dropped a new song, a new track this past week. That is our featured song of the week, guys. Our featured song of the week this week is Living Here Without You by Tantric. Enjoy. I wrapped around your finger, that's where you will find. I can't remember I was left behind I wrapped around your finger Like I was before But you can't remember I'm at your door But I can't be the one who did Without you, driving me insane. I'm living here. 
Tantric with living here without you, man. If you haven't had the chance to check out the really cool video that they put out for that, guys, make sure you do so. We're going to take a quick commercial break. Don't go anywhere. We'll be back with the best rock, hands down. Don't go nowhere. Hey, this is Total Package. Lex Luger, you're listening to the VOC Nation. Don't miss out. Check out In the Room every Tuesday night at 9. Listen in. Pro Wrestling Illustrated's Brady Hicks, former WCW star Stro Maestro, Kathy Fitz, Matt Grimm. And you and Ray are there too, right, Ray? We sure are, and we've got great guests like Lex Luger, AJ Styles, Taku, and more. It's a heck of a party. Plus, I didn't get thrown off a uh, building. And then uh, I didn't get pregnant either. Sometimes I think it gets so ridiculous. We were getting into, like, snuff film territory there. In the room. 9 p.m. Eastern on VOC Nation. Wrestling with history, the voice of choice, and killer can resonate. When I die, they're going to open me up and find about 2,000 undigested Northwest Airline cheese omelets. Mr. Chris Cruz, what's going on? Jesus, how did I get roped into this? General Adnan went to school with Saddam Hussein. He cried, I cried, he cried, and who could have Adnan lost a lot of family in the Iraqi war. Everybody loves Granny. Wow. Yeah, see, a lot of people don't know that. Yes, Taylor, you guys are busting me up. Catch Wrestling With History with Ken Resnick and I live on VOCNation.com or listen to the podcast by searching VOC Nation Radio Network on your favorite podcast app. Each and every Thursday night, check it out. WCW star Stro Maestro takes you on a journey. It's WCW Retro, talking old school match of the week, talking dream matches, taking your calls and looking back on an incredible career of acting, entertaining, and wrestling. Check it out, VOCNation.com, WCW Retro. Be sure to call in Thursday nights, 9 Eastern, on the VOC Nation Radio Network. Yo, this is Jerry Stein of the Nasty Boys. Yeah, Brian Knobs here, you get ready to get nasty. Well, listen to the VOC Nation, baby, because it's about to get nasty all around and up in this mother. Get ready. Nasty sensation is coming at you. 
the worldwide leader in entertainment. This is the VOC Nation Radio Network.
Glenn Mock and the Tropical Dreamers with Carnival by the Sea. Before that, we had some Firehouse and Don't Treat Me Bad. Really, really looking forward to this weekend. Uh, Firehouse, unfortunately, won't be part of the festivities. But M3 is touching down in Maryland this weekend. I, I am very excited to be part of that. Won't be taking in the Sunday, however. Um, really feeling a bit torn about the Sundays, guys. I, I got to be honest. I remember back when it was just the Friday and the Saturday, and I thought it was perfect. You had Sunday off to recoup, Monday go back to work. Now it's spread out over three days. It's been that way for the past couple M3s. Not many. I want to say maybe three that I could think of going back to the uh, Southern Rock Festival. And it feels like they took the same number of bands and spread them out over three days instead of putting them all on two. It's kind of weird, man. And then you also got Friday night. They had originally said that the lawn seats were free for Friday night. Now it looks like they don't have the lawn open Friday. I don't know what's going on. Seems a little bit unorganized this year. Um, Not trying to take shots at the promoters or anything for that event really excited to go and be part of that event and walk around and talk to everybody and uh, one of of my favorite parts is seeing where everybody's coming from in the world because not many people are from maryland that come into the show it, it seems it feels like everybody's coming from all parts of the country all parts of the world to come to this event but this year with it being on the fourth of july weekend kind of made it a little bit different for everybody and you know it's 
I got to say, it's it seems so different to me. I know it's all putting to a lot of people. I know a lot of people couldn't make it. They have the live stream going on this weekend for people that can't make it. I think that's really cool. If you can uh, put, a, if you have a projector, I know I have a projector. Put it out on your out in your yard, maybe a bonfire, barbecue, whatever, and you can still watch the show. That's kind of cool. Um, had I known that, I might have planned it a little bit differently. I bought tickets for all three days. And don't expect to be there Sunday, with Sunday being the 4th of July and me having a little guy. I got to get back and do the whole family thing, man. And I know a lot of people that are in the same position. But if you're going out there, make sure that you stay hydrated, bring plenty of sunscreen, take care of yourself. It's it's supposed the weather's supposed to be spotty, so we'll see what happens, man. But it's going to be great seeing everybody. It's going to be a good time. And uh, if you guys have any questions for any of our guests this evening, if you want to call up and say anything to me, the phone number here is nine one four three three eight eighteen eighty five. Once again, that's nine one four three three eight eighteen eighty five. Going to take a quick shout out to say hello to our sponsor and our partners uh guys make sure that rosen that you check out rosenfeld dental associates located at 1095 enman avenue in edison new jersey five minutes from metro park you can find them online at www.njsmile.com once again that's www.njsmile.com come rock your smile with the rock doc david rosenfeld nominated one of new jersey's top dentists for 2020 discounts apply for rock and roll union members make sure to tell them that ct sent you also, our partner, Phoenix Custom Printing, Ken Sheffer over there at Phoenix Custom Printing. You can reach him at 410-206-2081 for any of your screen printing needs. If you have band merch that you need, family reunion t-shirts, event t-shirts, anything that you need, you can reach him at, once again, that's 410-206-2081, or you can find them at Phoenix Phoenix Custom Inc. at gmail.com. That address again is Phoenix Custom Inc. at gmail.com. Also, if you're looking for any rock photography needed, band shoots, anything like that, make sure that you reach out to them as well. They're offering a 20% discount to all rock and roll union members, guys. So it's in your best interest to go check these guys out. And finally, our second partner, Brett Hunt Customs, guys, the, the home of Pick Sticks and Laminates, guys. He does event posters. He does whatever you need, man. Uh, if you have a special drummer in your life and you're looking to get out and get them some custom drum sticks, man, have at it. You can reach him at 410-508-1233. Once again, that's 410-508-1233. Once again, that's 20% discount for Rock and Roll Union members. Make sure you mention either CT or the show. And, guys, our next guest, really, really excited to bring them on. I'm surprised I haven't had them on already this year. It's just It feels like this year is flying, guys. I, I don't know what it is, but it's going by quick. Next guest is Rock and Roll Union 2020 Artist of the Year, Black Leg Miner. 
guys. They put out some new music this year, uh, a lot of shows that they've been doing, and uh, we're going to get the chance to talk to CJ, the main man. And uh, before we do so, we're going to listen to a little bit of Black Leg Minor. Here's Girls Gonna Butt. Minor and girl gonna fight, guys. I know that they've had a lot of lineup change. Well, maybe not a lot of lineup change, but they've had a significant lineup change just recently. And uh, really waiting to talk to the boys about it all, man. And uh, like I said, great weekend for rock and roll this weekend, this coming weekend with M3. It's also the 4th of July weekend, so hoping you guys get out, stay safe. Bring a designated driver or Uber yourself back and forth. Don't go out there drinking and driving. Make sure that you guys are rocking. You guys are staying cool. You're staying hydrated. Drink plenty of water. And uh, I'll tell you what, going to M3, I got one of these cool things that I bought at Walmart. I forget the name of it, but you wear it around your neck. It's got fans on either end. It's a 
can't say it's battery operated. It's kind of like USB operated, I guess you would call it. So uh, you plug it in and it's good for about six hours. So it's pretty good. I'll bring some battery packs with me. So once it dies, I'll be able to recharge it. Uh, you can bring a bottle of water in per person. So make sure that you guys bring that in. If you're going to M3, if you're not going to M3 and you're going out and you're going to be out and about guys, be safe and uh, much love to your families and celebrate our freedom guys. That's what this whole weekend's about. You know, uh, politics aside, this is the 4th of July weekend coming up and this is going to be a great time for family, friends, and uh, we didn't get the chance to do this last year. So enjoy it, man. Get out there. Have a party. Celebrate. Don't be afraid to uh, be that person that opens your home if somebody has had a little too much and needs a place to crash. And don't be that person that's afraid to ask for a place to crash if so big. Because you rather crash at somebody's house than crash out there into somebody else. So. Uh, that's that's my little public service announcement for you guys out there. Like I said, really waiting on uh, a lot of good stuff. Next week, we're going to be joined by DK Ravel of Kickin' Valentina, man. I have become such a really big part of the KB mob, as they call it. Kickin' Valentina put on a hell of a show about a month ago at Cancun Cantina. Crazy about that atmosphere. Crazy about that venue. And I believe on the line now we have our boy, C.J. Murphy from Black Leg Miners. C.J., you with us? Ow! <laughs> How's it going, man? Good, brother. How you been? <laughs> I don't know. Just been, uh, you know, making with the rocking and rolling and barking and growling, spitting and snarling, and all that kind of a thing that you know I do. Hell yeah, bro. So, you know, first questions first. Uh, I just played for our listener, Girl Gonna Bite. Can you uh, can you give us a little input? I, I heard the, the meaning behind that song was a little crazy. Can you tell us about it? <laughs> yeah, I, I can do that. Um, and, and as some of you may know, um, I've had a long and variegated vicissitudinal past. And uh, Smoke Show Susie, as mentioned in the uh, first line of the song, is a, she's a real young lady, uh, maybe not so young anymore. And I, I, she always hated when I called her Susie. I, I'll go ahead and give her that. But um, every line of that song, um, how, how should I put this? It, it's a reflection of uh, authenticated facts. <laughs> um, uh, she, uh, good, dear, dear, dear old Susan, she, uh, she described herself and I quote, I very much quote as a woman of appetites. And, um, I, I, I can still remember, and, I, and I'll go ahead and tell this story because it's a great story and it's all true. Unlike many stories I tell, um, on our very first date. We were at my apartment, and uh, we were watching a movie. Now, to show you how long ago this was, I was rewinding the video cassette of the movie. And we were having a little vino. I don't recall what brand, but it was red. And as I was rewinding the video cassette, she drinks off her remaining half glass of wine and says, 
right, so you're going to do me or what? <laughs> and uh, that was pretty much the in- inspiration for the song. Smoke Show Susie hit me like an Uzi with a full magazine, and by God, she did. <laughs> <laughs> so I also got to ask you, man, I mean, you guys were 2020 Artists of the Year, and yeah. the the band looks a little different now. Could you tell us a little bit about that? I can. Um, I think we both know we all know from personal experience, sometimes despite your best efforts and no matter how hard you work, things uh, turn out other than you had planned and hoped and wished for. And when that happens, you got to make a decision. Um, You... You know, as um, as Getty Lee once sang, if you choose not to decide, you still have made a choice. That's right. You can choose to stay where you are, um, in which case I'm sure you've heard the old expression, if you always do what you always did, you'll always get what you always got. That's right. Um, oh, yeah. Which is very, 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 very true, despite being somewhat grammatically incorrect. Or you can make a change. And um, I I made a decision to make a change. Uh, Sticky and I are still working together. Um, Ben and Kev, I regard them as brothers, and I will for all the rest of my days on this lump of uh, rock and water we got spinning around the sun. But... um, we're in the process of putting some new stuff together. You'll hear. Trust me. Awesome. And I, I know that uh, you guys have had a chance to get out and play a little bit post-COVID. And uh, what do you guys got going on currently? you have anything up and coming? Well, we do. I'll let you in on a little secret. On July the 31st, there's going to be a birthday party for someone. <laughs> I can't tell you who, <laughs> but I we are going to be storm- uh, yeah, uh, it's some uh, <laughs> scoundrelous individual that I won't bother to mention on the air, but we are going to be up there. We are going to be barnstorming the place, taking no prisoners, knocking down all the walls that are left of the good old bar 13. Um, I think it's going to be astounding. We got a show coming up in September at Zen West. Um, that is going to be a killer with a great band called 86 Bullets. Uh, Hell love yeah, those guys. They, uh, they, they smoke. They smoke like a pack of Chesterfields, man. Um, and then, of course, uh, we got the Rock for Recovery show coming up. I think yep. you know a little something about that as well. <laughs> yes, sir. Um, I haven't, uh, and then, I haven't um, made everything then, official yet, but it, it's coming down the pike. Oh, yeah. That, that, that's the best way to come, right down the old pike. <laughs> and then, uh, of course, then, of course, on September 31st, um, we are playing the big death jam on Mars where we'll uh, be killing everyone. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
So um, <laughs> what else is happening up in, uh, you know, your world, your end of the line? Man, uh, I'll tell you what. I don't know what it's been like there in Maryland, but here in Jersey, it feels like we keep losing more and more uh, live music venues. I Places are becoming scarce, especially to original rock and roll. So that's why it's good to grab on to places like Part 13. There's a place called Halftime you guys play there as well. And oh, yeah. uh, just it's it's a sad thing to see. I don't know. How has the scene been there in Maryland? Um, well, let me, let me say this. I wouldn't exactly say it sucks rhino balls. Um, but we're, we're probably up to like bison size. Um, but I, I think, I, I think there's a chance that, you know, stuff is going to improve because people are going to want to get out. Um, you know, there's a perpetual problem of, uh, what, what kinds of acts people want to go to see and hear. Um, I don't know. I, I think... I think a lot of club owners, understandably, um, are going to want to play things safe. Yeah. And if the, if they know they can get a, a, a bigger crowd um, by, I don't know, somebody, uh, you know, playing Born to be Wild for the thousandth time, you know, they're probably going to do that because they got to – now, don't get me wrong. I, I say nothing about the song. We've played it. And I right. enjoy it. I tend to I tend to put a little my own little twist on the lyrics to see if anybody's paying attention and sometimes people do. <laughs> Not often. <laughs> but but I can understand venue owners wanting to do that. Um but then at some point, you know, like I said before, you also have to make a choice. Um the, there's a famous artist um named Georgia O'Keefe. Oh yeah. Um, who, if you look at her paintings of flowers, um, they're uh, somewhat uh, suspectively feminine. <laughs> I got a bunch of them on the wall. <laughs> um, but um, you know, she said that the important thing about art is making your unknown known, and that's what I want to do. I I want to make known my unknown, and uh, you know, I, I I got your unknown right here, and I'm gonna make that baby known. <laughs> <laughs> and, hey, I'll, and I'll tell you that what. So, is that so wrong? <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you what, man. It, it, for I don't know why, and, and you know, it's be, <clears throat> it's not only me that said that has said this. But it feels like Baltimore is just boiling with such great bands right now. That there, there's such good original music coming up out of Baltimore and the surrounding areas. That it, I, I heard Hammerjacks is coming back. Well, I it, I I think it is. I I don't think. Well, see, you're you're a, a, a younger. Gen- How old are you these days? Uh. I'll be 46 at the end of July. Holy shit. I'll be 107. <laughs> um, but uh, I, I don't think Hammerjacks, of course, is ever going to come back exactly like it was because that was right. 
that was a certain time and a certain place and a you know a, a certain level of uh, you know uh, nonsensical debauchery that you know might not be approved of today except by myself of course. Um, I, I think it's going to be a good outlet. I think I think even they in this post-COVID environment might be incentivized to play things a little safer. Um, and, you know, again, I understand that, but you are absolutely right. There's, there's so much talent. I, I mean, there's so much talent out there that, you know, artists, you're not necessarily competing with, with talent per se. Um, you're competing for exposure thereof. And, you know, that's where you have to find your opportunities wherever you can to expose yourself. <laughs> and I will. Trust you know, me. I spoke with you... a venue owner this past week, and it kind of blew my mind because I asked the venue owner, I said, um, what does better at your at your venue? Is it originals or covers? And he said they do about the same. It's just mm-hmm. a matter of how you package it. And, <laughs> you said package. <laughs> it, it makes me wonder, though. I mean, has it always been that way? Have we always just thought, like you've been saying, the the safe way as far as the covers and things along those lines? Have we been yeah. thinking that? But maybe there's still a way of bringing back that original route. I mean. I'll go out on a limb and say that there's better rock today than there's been in the past 25 years. I hear oh, so man, many I agree new and coming bands from everywhere. And I agree 100%. It's astounding to me. I mean, you, you see bands like Dirty Honey that came up in the, the first band on Billboard to not have a label. I mean, are we beyond all that now? Oh, fuck yeah. And uh, speaking of Dirty Honey, while I'm going off on a little tangentiality, had had you ever heard or seen the band that was opening up for them on some recent tour dates called Joyous, Joyous Wolf? Wolf? Oh, yeah, Holy dude. fuck, man. If, if I ever grow up, I want to be just like the boys in Dirty Honey and Joyous Wolf. Of course, that ain't going yeah, yeah. to happen. <laughs> I'll tell you but, what. Um, Somebody... <laughs> Somebody turned me on to it, and I didn't know. I mean, with so much stuff out there, you're only you only know what people turn you on to. And somebody turned me on to this thing that's called new the new wave of classic rock. Yeah, and there's a lot of bands like Joyous Wolf and Dirty Honey that are part of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And there is some amazing talent coming up out of there. There's a lot of new bands. That I'm excited. Uh, I'm not going to announce them yet, but they're coming up on on this show that I'm very excited to talk about. And I'm sure overseas that they've they they can pack them in. I, you know, next week we have uh, DK Rebel from Kicking Valentino on the show. And yeah. After his show at the Cancun Cantina, he came up to my table, sat down, and said, "You got to see what it looks like overseas." Well, it's it's kind of like you and I talked about. Uh, we've talked about this a couple times. In in my admittedly somewhat limited experience in, in that regard, 
my my feeling is that European or because this is a generalization, generalization, but European audiences in general seem to be willing to give new things a little bit more of a chance. Yep, you can be you can be a fan of you know Hank Williams, uh, and at the same time turn around and and listen to you know something like Kraftwerk or the modern day equivalent thereof, which <laughs> those Germans are always coming up with something bad. <laughs> you know, look at the Audi. I love that little car. I had to turn that back to the bank, but what the fuck? <laughs> you know, I was the listening life of a uh, rock and roller. I was listening to Marcus Young earlier today, and that guy blows my mind. Mm-hmm. Young blues musician. He's touring, or he will be touring with Chris Stapleton. And mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It, it's a sin that people don't know who the overseas he's packing in stadiums. And I'll tell you another guy. Oh, go ahead. I was just going to ask you, what are we doing wrong here? What, like, what's missing from the American culture that we we have this disconnect from this? Well, um, uh, of course, the the ultimate answer is that people need me. Um, <laughs> but but all the, <laughs> all that aside. Uh, I think there is um, there's a reluctance. Uh, see, because how do how do I put this this way? Uh, Americans in general, and, and especially American businesses, because you know, God only knows what we're engaged in here is the music business. You know, God forbid right. we make a dollar or two, which is you know not wrong, but. A lot of American businesses tend to be relatively short-sighted, and the entertainment industry very greatly. They're thinking about, you know, how they can maximize their profits this quarter or this year. Businesses in general uh, out of the United States, and especially in some places like Japan, uh, you know, they are not thinking about what they want their profits to be this quarter or this year. I mean, yeah, they are thinking about it. They are already thinking about what is shit going to be like 10, 15, 25 years from now. And, you know, when you have, when, when you have a culture that's, um, you know, focused much more on the immediate as – you know, things promoted here tend to be, then it's like a vicious cycle because people like, you know, entertainment labels and venues and so forth, they tend to become focused on the short term because what they've been promoting and what the culture accepts focuses on the short term and short term turnover. That's been more and more prevalent. I mean, you, you know, back in. Well, <laughs> before you were born, <laughs> um, you know, if, if somebody signed up to, um, you know, Epic or CBS or Columbia Records, there would be actual, some actual development that was put into it. You know, 
bands would have three, four albums or more to kind of get their shit together and right. get some support from the label and go do out and touring. Now it's and and it's partially because there is a lot of money to be made quickly. You know, if if you don't have a hit within approximately eleven minutes of being signed to the label, um, it, they're not going to look on you as a good investment. They're looking on at quick return, um, you know, not what they could be doing in terms of sales and royalties uh, 10 years from now. Right. So uh, now, uh, I know that was a long as, answer to a short question. As far as our being hope, like we said, bands like Dirty Honey that go on without the label now, uh, do we have, as far as you're concerned, I mean, a lot of us are – really cynical at this age to, I mean as far as the future of rock and roll in this country is there hope and do you think it's going to come soon fuck yes and fuck no um, <laughs> just, I mean, again just to draw a comparison again before you were born um, trying to avoid record companies is nothing new I, I can remember uh, I mean, I was fairly young at the time, but um, a band you may have heard of called the Grateful Dead. Hell yeah! They tried. They tried to do an end run around record companies back in their day, but the problem then was they couldn't keep up with the distribution. Um, you know, they would they would tour incessantly, and you know they would sell records fairly well at the places where they were touring at that time in the early days. But they just didn't have any kind of a distribution network to get product around to places where they weren't playing. And That's that right. was kind of choking off their growth potential. Now we have all the distribution potential in the world, given the Internet and, and all its various, uh, you know, uh, computational changes. Um, the, the the problem is not one of distribution, it's exposure. There's so much out there, and yeah. of course, we only have so much time. But um, I think the cream will rise to the top, as it always does. And yeah, I'm going to go ahead and make a joke that I got your cream right here, baby. <laughs> um, as you know, I do. Um, but But I think it's going to... I think it's going to take a while for things to contract again to a reasonable middle ground. Uh, at least that's what I see. I mean, I don't see it happening anytime in the next 20 minutes. Yeah. Well, but, um, well, yeah, maybe. <laughs> Attention, uh, record buyers. <laughs> Turn the scene around. Buy my music. <laughs> I just slip that one in there. <laughs> I think yeah. it in. But uh, speaking of buying your music, how can people yeah. go about finding Blackleg Minor, what you guys are doing, where your shows are going, and that kind of thing? Well, um, we have some stuff set up on Reverb Nation, uh, so you can go ahead and check us out there. We have uh, a number of our songs there at the moment. Um, we're in the process of remixing at four out of five good songs that we have recorded um, and we're going to be pressing out a physical CD which 
I, I'm hoping that that is going to be all finished and packaged, <laughs> packaged um, <laughs> prior to the end of August. Uh, I don't know that yet because, you know, unlike bands that have record company support or that you go around sticking up liquor stores and stuff like that, um, you know, we have to provide our own financial support from the uh, honest sweat yeah. of our labors and other endeavors, which is fine um, because it it kind of, you know, when you do that and when you have to do that, it shows who wants to make a commitment um, to, to try and see things succeed. You know, if, if there's somebody that, you know, makes a million dollars a year and they spend, I don't know, a thousand dollars of it printing out a CD and promoting some of their product. I mean, that's fine. If you have somebody who makes 10 grand a year, who winds up investing a thousand dollars in their product? I mean, uh, who's who? <laughs> who is more motivated to try and recoup that investment? <laughs> yeah, you're right, a hundred percent. You're right. And you know, it's believe me, and you you you've been there firsthand as far as uh, even the rock and roll union is concerned. This is a grassroots organization, and we support each other the best way we can. And you're goddamn right. It's that's the way it is, and you know we'll keep trucking as long as you guys keep trucking. And if you, I'm really excited to see you guys up at the birthday bash, man. It's going to be a good time that night. Oh, you mean someone told you? I thought it was a surprise. <laughs> <laughs> you know, me being arrogant bastard that I am, I kind of threw my own party. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, and is that so wrong? Is it so wrong that we occasionally, uh, you know, want to take a little bit of time to celebrate our accomplishments, even if it's, you know, the accomplishment of our DNA breaking down a little bit more during one trip around the sun? Yeah, that's about right. To us all. <laughs> yeah, hey, you know, what? whatever you're going to do, um, you know, we're – you know, we're all, any of us individuals, we're only going to be around so long uh, on this uh, ball of mud and water. And uh, we got to try to maximize what we do here. Uh, you know, ultimately, how do we choose to spend our time? That's right. I choose to, sp I choose to spend a fair bit of it rocking and rolling and, uh, you know, uh, violating some local noise ordinances. Yeah. Sounds good to me. <laughs> Brother, thank you so much for calling in tonight, man. It was a blast talking to you. It's been a while, but uh, it has it has been far too fucking long, man. But you are going to see us and hear us in the very near future, and uh, come check us out, baby. <laughs> Absolutely, thank you, brother. You have the re great rest of your uh, evening. You too, man. I'll talk to you soon. Bye bye. See ya. So there was CJ from. Blackleg Miner, guys. C.J. Murphy from Blackleg Miner. Really, really great talking to that guy. Close, close guy, uh, close friend of mine, and really appreciate all he does for the music scene. We are going to take a quick commercial break. When we come back, we're going to be joined by Mike Lapon, man. Mike Lapon. I know a lot of you guys are kind of amped to hear this interview. I'm kind of amped to talk to him myself. Mike Lapon from Symphony X. 
He will be up next. Don't go anywhere. This is Lance Storm, and if I can be serious for a minute, you're listening to VOC Nation Worldwide. VOC Nation is one of the longest-running wrestling podcast networks. Having started way back in 2010, VOC Nation provides daily streaming shows where fans have the ability to interact with their hosts and guests via phone calls, emails, and Twitter. VOC Nation hosts also include former backstage interviewer from both AWA and WWE, Ken Resnick, former WCW performer The Maestro, former Impact performer Wes Crisco, Pro Wrestling Illustrated contributor Brady Hicks, and former Philadelphia radio personality Bruce Wirtz. VOC Nation's two most popular shows are Wrestling with History, featuring Ken Resnick and Bruce Wirtz, streaming live on Wednesday nights at 9.30 p.m. Eastern, and In the Room, featuring Pro Wrestling Illustrated's Brady Hicks and WCW alum The Maestro. Both shows take callers live during the show, and recent guests have included... General Adnan, Tito Santana, Haku, Earl Hebner, Danger Sandy Davis, Jimmy Hart, Ricky Steamboat, Brodus Clay, and so many more. Archive free content includes past interviews with huge names like Hulk Hogan, Jesse Ventura, Kurt Angle, Sting, Mick Foley, Joey Styles, Howard Finkel, and so many more. Listen live at VOCNation.com and subscribe to all the podcasts by searching VOC Nation Radio Network on your favorite podcast app. And be sure to follow these guys on Twitter, at VOC Nation. Hola, this is your amiga, Shelly from Cali. To let you know, you can catch me here on VOC Nation for Shelly Live. You never know what the hell I'm going to be talking about. Sometimes I have guests. Sometimes I let you on in the cheese mess, spill a little tea. Sometimes I cry. You have to tune in to find out why. And I also take your calls. I love chatting with you guys and seeing what the hell you guys are thinking. So meet me here on the VOC Nation. Be there or be square. Rock and Roll Union for the past two years has been the place for rock and roll, new rock and roll, debuting rock and roll, and some of the old classics as well. We have welcomed guests from around the world, national artists and more. We've excited many people by our live events. We've welcomed everybody into the fold, and we continue to do so on a weekly basis. Guys, that is Rock and Roll Union, and that is what we do for you. Saturdays, 6 p.m. Eastern, VOCNation.com. Each and every Thursday night, check it out. WCW star Stro Maestro takes you on a journey. It's WCW Retro, talking old school match of the week, talking dream matches, taking your calls, and looking back on an incredible career of acting, entertaining, and wrestling. Check it out. VOCNation.com. WCW Retro. Be sure to call in Thursday nights, 9 Eastern, on the VOC Nation Radio Network. The worldwide leader in entertainment. This is the VOC Nation Radio Network. Welcome back to the Rock and Roll Union Podcast, guys. Once again, a quick thank you to our boy, C.J. Murphy from Blackleg Minor, for calling in. Uh, our next guest, man, Michael LaPond. We're going we're gonna to take a quick listen to his band or the band that he plays bass for, Symphony X. Here's Take Another Piece. Uh, he, he was joined by numerous people on here. Marty Freeman, Nuno Betancourt, Alex Skolnick, Richard Shaw, man. Uh, just to name a few, man. What a phenomenal track. Really looking forward to speaking with him. He'll be calling in momentarily. And uh, 
here it is. Take another piece.
Such beautiful work from Symphony X. That was Symphony X would take another piece featuring Marty Freeman, Nuno Betancourt, Alex Skolnick, and Richard Shaw. Guys, it is my extreme pleasure to introduce to the Rock and Roll Union family, Mike LaPaw. Mike, you with us. How you doing, man? I'm here. Good, man. Thank you so much, man. I, I didn't mean for you to – I know that you were uh, <laughs> waiting so long to get on, but uh, that that was an eight-minute track. But, man, beautiful work from you guys. In, incredible song. I was listening to it. I was just – the guitar was just taking you away into another world. It was beautiful. I, I'll tell you, that you know, the, the one thing that I wanted to talk to you, I've, I've talked to uh, – quite a few people that are in the, the symphonic kind of orchestra metal slash rock realm. Um, I, I think of Joel Holkster, who I talked to about this. A lot of times that unfairly gets lumped into metal and doesn't get the appreciation that it deserves. Um, it's almost like classical music. Yeah. You know, um, a lot of people when they hear when they hear like symphonic metal you know when when uh, you put the word symphonic next to the word metal a lot of people maybe won't give it a chance you know um but uh you know it's definitely you know it's uh music that that I love doing you know and I think uh having like a, a symphonic sound makes it makes the band sound so big and it just makes the choruses sound so, you know, just sound so massive. And, uh, it's, it's, you know, it, it's, uh, it takes some people who really know how to compose and, uh, yeah. and know, and know how to, and know, you have to know how to, uh, put all those instruments in because like most metalheads, you know, we're not, sure what the tuba is supposed to do and stuff like that but you know but uh with symphony x we have michael romeo who's a a master at orchestration and um just make just takes in my opinion anyway just takes the songs to another level so i I gotta ask you with, with doing this style of music like how much of a training do you have in like music theory and things along that line well, yeah, great question. Um, you know, when I started out playing bass, um, I tried to learn uh, as much music theory as I could because I learned early on that, um, you know, it's like a language you have to learn for your instrument. You know, it's like you won't know really what to play unless you kind of understand, you know, like the language of your instrument. So, I took some music theory classes uh, in school, in high school and college, and uh, it really helped me. Um, but when I joined Symphony X, those, you know, the knowledge that uh, Michael Romeo had and Michael Pinella, the keyboard player, had was still way, uh, way more than I knew. So I learned tons of theory from them. I learned so much about songwriting um and and you know just different things you could do in a song you know because i think some people you know after they've been in a band for you know a certain amount of time you know they kind of, sometimes the music kind of you know they kind of keep repeating themselves 
But if if you know your music theory, um, then you you've learned so many ways you can take the music, and it really helps to keep the music fresh and uh, and 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 fun for you. Uh I hate to do this to you, Mike, but I have my <laughs> we we were have a new co host this evening. He's just now calling in, so I'm gonna welcome him to the conversation. This is uh Psycho Steve Prestop. He's spoken with you before. Welcome to the show, Steve. Well, good evening, gentlemen. How are you? What's Can you guys up, hear me? Steve? <laughs> I hear you. You're a Floridian, Mikey. You're no longer well, a Jersey boy. Well, soon I'll be a Floridian. I got to still show the house. (laughs) Okay, I was going to say you're too young to retire. So what the hell you? But I want to retire anyway. (laughs) Oh, okay. Nice. Can't blame them there, man. (laughs) Absolutely not. I totally understand that. So, thank you for giving me the opportunity to BS with you and Mikey again. Absolutely. All right. So, Symphony X is going on tour. Now that COVID is quasi-over, uh, right, um, you have some dates for the 25th anniversary? So far, the only date I saw is um, May of 2022. So right. we're not going to be doing any touring this year. Um, okay. But, uh, you know, we're planning to, uh, you know, we're planning to get back out there next year. So uh, you know, look out there. You know, look out for dates and and all and all that. And uh, yeah, it's it sucked not being able to play, man. Really, really uh, was not fun, and it was depressing, and um, it was uninspiring. I'm sure. Right. You know, I wanted to <laughs> ask you that, Mike. You you guys dropped with uh, you you dropped an album last year with. Uh, Bear with me for a second. You, you with Silent Assassins, you guys dropped an album last year um, in the middle of everything going on. Is there a, is there like a strong desire in you as far as the Silent Assassins is concerned to get out and play that stuff live? Yeah, you know, like the Silent Assassins. Uh, for those who uh, for those who are listening who might not know who they are, that's my solo project and. Um, so that's like my baby. So, you know, um, I would love to get out and play with the silent assassins as soon as, uh, as soon as I can. And as soon as I can, uh, come up with something that makes sense, you know? Um, but, uh, yeah, we came out with, uh, the third album in the middle of the pandemic. And, um, you know, so a lot of the uh, musicians during that time were like, well, maybe we shouldn't release an album during this time you know it's a tough time but my attitude was different I was like everybody's home bored off their butts um, I bet they they're dying to hear new some you know some new music so I wanted I definitely wanted to put it out and you know I don't regret it and uh, you know the album did fine and um, you know it was definitely fun uh, so uh, you know it was it, it was such a, a tough time for music because we never experienced anything like this. So, you know, you didn't know what kind of decisions uh, to make, but um, definitely I'm glad I put that record out. Um, I did a, uh, 
and I, I was doing a lot of recording projects during that time, so I was keeping busy on the other end of the spectrum. So I mean, it was, so in in that way, it was fine. Awesome. So I have a question because I call you the Jamaican of bass players. You're in <laughs> like you're in a project with my cousin. You're in Symphony X. You're in the Silent yeah. Assassins. How do you keep them all straight, man? I get winded when they rub my credit. How does you get to know, you know, to this freaking, yeah. like, you know, because you write most of the music for most of your projects. I know yeah. Romeo and Alan yeah. might write most mm-hmm. of the music for Symphony X, but the other 16 or right. 37 other projects, you know, yeah. like I said, I, uh, how do you know? Yeah, I, I, you know, I think that I've done more projects than any other heavy metal bass player ever. I really think that. <laughs> um, it's, um, it's, it's one of those things where um, you have to, you know, when you have all these songs people are sending you to play on and, and albums to play on. I mean, at the core, you have to be a very organized person. Um, so right. this would this would be my daily routine. And it's it's very unmusician. Uh, so I'll wake up. I'll wake up by like seven in the morning, and that that's when I'll practice early in the morning. For some reason, I'm at my best at that time. So I'll wake up super early. I'll practice all the songs that I have to work on. You know that I'll have it written out what I need to practice for the day, and um, and I'll just. You know, I'll practice for a few hours, and then, you know, by, uh, you know, by, by the end of the morning, you know, I'm already done with all that, and um, it just, I don't know, for some reason, practicing in the morning really, I could retain it much better, um, and it's just a matter. And then, uh, you know, in in a lot of these bands too, uh, some of them I am writing, but some of them I'm just, you know, just playing on, so. It's not uh it that takes away a lot of the uh, stress level you know as far as that but um you know I love doing it I'm lucky that uh many bands reach out to me to do records I think in uh I think in 2020 I was on like six releases or something like that wow. some crazy thing like that wow. but uh I'm lo- you know I I love doing it and I love all the bands Wow and how many Grammys now that would be zero. <laughs> okay. So oh, people wake the fuck up. Where's his Grammy? I'm gonna bring up I wanna bring up a sore subject for you, Mike, and and I, I sure. only say that because I feel right along the same lines as you do. I I've right. read a couple of things about your input as far as Live Nation is concerned. And I wanted to bring oh. that up a little bit because some of the things that they're doing this year feels more unethical than what they did last year. What are your thoughts on Live Nation, and is there any hope in doing something different? Well, you know, I had heard that Live Nation was, um, you know, because, you know, a lot of these small venues were being forced to shut down. And, you know, of course they're going to go out of business. You know what I mean? Right. So, I was hearing um, at the time, and now we're going back into 2020, I was hearing that 
Live Nation was buying up a lot of these venues. And then if you wanted to play the venue, um, they, you know, like say, let's say uh, you had a, uh, had to reschedule a tour, right, at this particular venue, and um, Live Nation takes it over. All of a sudden, the guarantee that you were supposed to get, your contracted to get, was null and void. Mm. And uh, they were just going to give you what they were going to give you. And um, and then they were going to charge you for fees to, like, sanitize the room, just like basically screwing you. Right. you know? Wow. And, and when I heard that, I was like, you got to be kidding me. So I was like, you know – any you know any of these places that Live Nation takes over, just find another place. Who cares? Even if it's oh, yeah. maybe not as nice, you know. Um, it's like it's it's such a shame, you know, to just uh, prey on. You know, the bands are are going to be hurting as it is, and now you're just going to prey on them. You know, you you the, who knows how many millions of dollars they have, and they just don't care. And excuse yeah. my language, it just seems fucked up to me that. You know, the fans see it on the fan side because we get charged these ridiculous service fees and other mm. things that we have no idea where the money's going and it's going directly into their pocket. And then the mm. artist is seeing the same thing on their side. So they're winning on both sides of the coin. Oh, yeah. Yeah. They're, they're, they're screwing the fans and, and, and also the bands. And, you know, I, I really hope that uh, – a company comes along and gives them some competition. You know what I mean? And uh, does the right thing because it just sucks when you just have one company who's just like controlling everything. You know? Like Ticketmaster. Wow. <laughs> so, but, uh, you know, but, uh, you know, I, uh, I, I'm not surprised that, you know, some companies would do this, but uh, you know we got to call them out. You know, you got to call out. You got to call out these yeah. companies like 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 uh, these streaming companies like Spotify. Oh yeah. They basically, yeah. I mean, they basically steal your album. You know, if you're a band, they will basically steal your album and pay you nothing. And I mean, so little they'll pay you that it's basically nothing, and yeah. they get away with it. You know, there's there's no uh, legislation against it. No one's going to jail. So now it's like if you have an if you put out an album, it's almost like a promotional tool. It's not even like something you're going to make a lot of money on. Yeah. So um, now you're forced to go back out. Now you're forced to go on the road, and now you're going to deal with Live Nation. You know. (laughs) You know it. It's it for me. It's crazy because I, I've I've talked to local bands and some uh, regional bands, and they've told me something along the lines of they had like four or five thousand streams for one of their songs, and got paid like nineteen dollars for it. It was it was obscene. Yeah, I you know there's 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 a lot of articles out there about uh, Spotify. Like you remember when. Um, Remember when that song came out? I don't know. I guess I don't know how many years ago it was. Where that it was it, that one girl put out a song called uh, "I'm All About That Bass" or whatever. Oh yeah, yeah. I read. Megan I read an Trainer. article. I think her name okay, is right. Okay, yeah, yeah. I, I yeah, Megan so I read an article. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Steve, you, you know, I have kids, guys. Calm down. You know. Okay. <laughs> I uh, have a younger fiance, so all right, go ahead. Okay. So I read an article about one of the co-writers of that song, and I think there were like seven. It was something like seventy-four, like a hundred and seventy-four million streams of the song, and he said he only made about like six grand. Jeez. And I was like, oh wow, God. how is that? You know, I mean, it's like what in. How how is that legal to do that? You know, to get away with with that. I mean, it, you, you're 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 taking what bands do for a living and just stealing it. And I and I think the fans don't really understand um, what you know what Spotify's doing. You know, I mean, they they'll sign up for Spotify and you know. And, you know, you could get any album you want. You know, you could hear anything you want. But I don't think they realize that, you know, it's really just stealing the band's music. Wow. Yeah. And it's totally illegal. And, yeah. And, uh, you know, uh, it's totally legal. And uh, it's it's tough. I mean, if you're a young band now, it's so hard. It, I, I feel so bad for like young and up and coming bands. I mean, when Symphony X came out, we, you know, we beat all, we were out before all that streaming stuff, you know, and, and the, and the pirating of CDs and all that. We, we were, we came out, you know, just before that. So we were, you know, we have a following. So if we go out, you know, we'll, we'll bring people, but I mean, our, our, our uh, physical sales are, you know, cut right in half. You know, that's that's devastating, you know, so. That's why it's so important, everybody, to support the locals because the locals become the regionals and the regionals become the nationals. And we have the fuck guest list, everybody, for at least another 15, 20 years. Let them regain what they lost for the last two years. It's absurd. So if anybody's listening – there is no guest list on any shows that I put together. There's no guest list for mm-hmm. CT shows for him. Uh, there's, you know, a list of guests that are going to be there, but there's no guest list. So I want to make sure everybody understands what the difference is. Like, you're yeah. a guest to come to the show. Remember, this is their livelihood. This is what puts their freaking food in their stomach, roof over their head, and clothes on their back. You know, you don't go and try to negotiate the price of gas, do you? So come on, people. We got to be do the right thing by these people because what they do for us. This is their job. This is their livelihood, and this is their art. And we got to take care yeah. of them because they take care of us, putting out such amazing music. I've been a friend and a fan and a friend of Mike, and I'm going to show my age since Rattlebone. Okay, I'm sorry, Mike. I had to just pull that one out of my ass. <laughs> but you know what I'm saying, okay? The bottom line is, people, we got to be supportive of each other. And it doesn't matter what band it is, and that's it. Go ahead, CC. go ahead. You know what, Steve? You just threw it out there, and I got to ask because I just realized this. We're all Jersey boys on this conversation. Uh, Facts. Mike, as far as, me, everybody. as far as coming up and as far as getting into the scene and everything that you've seen from the Jersey side, how has – the scene changed or uh, modified in Jersey 
since you uh, right. got involved in music? Yeah, when I first um, when I first got on the scene in the uh, in the early '80s, um, the Jersey scene was it was amazing. I mean, during that time, if you had a band, if you wanted to, you could play every night of the week if you wanted to. There was so many clubs. Everybody was just dying to go out and see rock and metal bands, and the scene was just amazing. And then um, in the 90s, it was still it was still good, but then in the 2000s, it started to go away. Slowly but surely, all these all these venues were just closing down, and sadly, I think the reason why is that kind of music just is not as popular as it used to be. And um, other, you know, other, other trendy music came in and people just kind of looked to that and, uh, you know, heavy metal, hard rock. Uh, at this point, there's, you can count the good metal clubs on one hand, which is very sad. True. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I remember yeah, back but, to the time of, uh, man, the bon, uh, there was Bonnie's Rocks in the area. There was the, you had the mm-hmm. Trocadero in South Philly that since shut down. You had mm. the Empire Rock Club. You had a lot of good stuff that was out there. And it feels oh, yeah. like we have something left. Yeah, yeah. The, the Jersey scene, the Philly scene was great. I mean, any, I mean, I mean, there was a point where, you know, the Jersey scene rivaled, rivaled the LA scene, you know? Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, I think just different kinds of music started to come in and people gravitated towards that. And now, you know, sadly, there's just not a lot of places to go. I mean, I go to Dingbats every once in a while in Clifton, New yeah. Jersey. Oh, yeah. Um, but outside of that, you know, there's, there's, there's really not much. Man, no. it's, um, it's still, and those are personally owned. They're not corporately owned, you know, like, right. Yeah. Um, Dingbats is owned by one guy. It's not a, like, you know, a corporation and he doesn't mm-hmm. rake you over the coals. He doesn't take a percentage of your merch, everything when you're selling and performing there. He's, you know, Fred's the man. Yeah. Yeah. So in other words, he's not a live nation. He's not a live nation, venue. Exactly. No, he, he's, he's, he's class all the way and he's in it for the music and he loves, you know, he's a music lover himself and uh, he's done, you know, he's always been great to work with as long as I've been either going there or playing there. And, um, you know, I just hope, I hope more clubs pop up and I hope, you know, heavy metal, hard rock has a resurgence in the U S you know, in Europe, it's still thriving all over the, all over the world. It's still thriving. Like you might, you might remember metal bands from the eighties that you haven't heard from, but they might still be together, but they just might be playing in Europe because there's, they can't tour here because they can't draw. Which is sad. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I can't tell sad. you how excited I am to see Accept this weekend. <laughs> like, 
that, that's a band that's always overseas that never comes here. And right, the last time I saw Accept was at a place called Lemoore's in Brooklyn, and it wasn't even Mark Tornillo singing. They're playing the M3 Rock Fest in um, Columbia, Maryland. Oh, in Maryland! Oh, that's great, man. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and Dora like, yeah. was supposed to be on the event on this bill as well, but because of COVID, and she yeah. lives in Europe most of the time, she can't get over here. Johnny D, her drummer, Philly boy, yeah. lives over yeah. there now. You know, Johnny D's living in Europe now. Yeah, yeah. he's been there for a while. Yeah, a couple I of years now. That. He's married, has a beautiful baby boy. Oh, yeah. I didn't know that. Wow. Yeah, and he what still about comes the over once player? in a while. Um, Nick Douglas is still, I think he's here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess it's so. easier. Now, in, in, in Europe, Doro is, is very big. Yeah. Right. You know, she kicks ass over there. Very, you Absolutely. know, so when she does, so, I, you know, I don't, I don't blame Johnny D. You know, it's, it's probably, it's a wise move. That's great. So the one thing I wanted to ask you, Mike, is when uh, looking at a lot of different metal, and and I know this is something with the lost the uh, what you guys do a lot with. um, Bear with me for a second; my minds are a little with the Silent Assassins. Mm -hmm. Is you 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 brought up a lot of history, a lot of the the big characters through history, and Mm. I know that you're a big history buff. I love history myself. And, you, okay. you know, one of the things that people always said about metal music was, oh, it's it's like kill your mother music. It's Satan worship <laughs> yeah. music. It's this, it's that. But nobody ever takes the time to realize, you, you know, metal's always talked about politics, not just like whether it's left wing mm-hmm. or right wing or whatever, but it's always talked about yeah. the man yeah. per se. And it's always yeah. talked about history. Now, getting into yeah. history and the and the Silent Assassins, what brought you into like his fascination? Yeah, you know, it's uh, what happened was, you know, I um, to the early two thousands, and um, I I I wasn't a history fan at the time, but then I. Um, I discovered the uh, History Channel at the time in the early 2000s, or well mid 2000s, and I just got hooked on it. And then, so I would just watch the History Channel every day, and it, it was just so interesting to me, and, and I was hooked. And then, you know, um, when it came to putting the Silent Assassins together, um, I I made the connection that heavy metal is epic the riffs and the parts are epic and what what would be more epic than having lyrics that talk about some of the greatest events in history or mythology or literature and if they just go so well together and um and i think you know before i discovered history i just didn't know what i just didn't know what to write about like i didn't want to write about you know, cruising on a Saturday night looking for chicks. I just, you know, I mean, I just couldn't do it. I mean, come on, you know. Um, and I, I just never knew what to write about. But um, Which, once hold, I discovered, like, hold on for one yeah. second. It kind of makes me laugh because one of your earliest influences was Kiss, which, which would kind of be mm-hmm. the other way. 
Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> so um, I guess, yeah, I mean, I guess I, uh, when I started to get into, you know, real metal, you know, um, I just didn't want to write about it. It didn't feel right to write that kind of stuff when you got a really heavy riff going, like a, like a real accept kind of riff going, you know? Right. <laughs> and, um, but, you know, with uh, mythology and, and, you know, I mean, it's stuff that just, it's amazing. And then um, I started out by just, you know, I, I would have the music written and then I'd try to find like a subject matter that would fit into it. But then I discovered that if I wrote the the lyrics first, then I could tailor the music to the lyrics. And then it, you know, if there's a part, like if there's a battle or something, I can make the music sound kind of like that. Or if it's a gotcha. very sad section, you know, and it really made my songwriting, you know, go to the next level. Um, so, yeah, I mean, guys, it's, and it's, it's just so much, so much fun to do. And um, so, you know, uh, that probably, I probably would not have had a solo project if I didn't discover history because I just wouldn't have known what to write about. <laughs> And, you know, for me, they, they tailor a lot of metalheads as being uneducated, uh, which is quite the contrary. I'm a big metalhead myself. My son's name is Beowulf, and <laughs> it, it's awesome. just, I get right right what you're saying, man, as far as the literature and the history is concerned, and, mm-hmm. and that that's really incredible stuff. Yeah, you know, and, and you're right. When, when people who don't understand heavy metal – when they first hear you're in a metal band or you like metal, they're like, oh, what is that? You know, kill your mother, kill your father. And it's like, it's like, it's so not that, you know what I mean? Right. And, um, you know, there's so many bands that are just have brilliant lyrics. You know what I mean? You know, with Bruce Dickinson, you know, Hell um, yeah. this guy's so brilliant. You know, he could, any of these idiots, he could outsmart any of these people, you know? Um, so it's kind of funny that, you know, we are more intelligent than people, you know, who, who probably don't listen to heavy metal. Um, and then, you know, there's other music where you have to have a lot of intelligence as well, like classical music or um, jazz. Definitely Absolutely. have to have super intelligence to be able to process all the stuff that's going on and that kind of stuff. What's your take on that, Steve? I would definitely concur about that. I uh, because the thing is, everybody thought because back in the day, you remember when uh, Judas Priest was under fire with two uh, uh, allegations and mm-hmm. Iron, not Iron Maiden, but um, mm-hmm. what's his name? Obviously, satanic, but he was bat of the head of the bat. Motley Crue would shout at the devil, you know, and uh, we're shouting at the devil. We're not shouting with the devil, you know, and they said, this was satanic, with this stand for Nitrous Saint and St. Louis, and Gene and Paul were like, uh, we're two Jews from New York City. Yeah, okay. (laughs) Yeah. So it was kind of Uh, ridiculous. Um, Yeah, yeah. Um, and as you said, yeah, I mean, like m- most m- metal music is about like politics or um, what's it called? Like back in yeah, the, like 
having a subject matter. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, you you can't, you know, you can't write like a real heavy riff and say, oh, you know, you can write about flowers. It's got to be serious subject matter that matches the music. And, you know, so, you know, you you might write a song about the occult because, you know, the riff is real scary sounding, you know. Right. So, um, and, you know, uh, metal guys have the intelligence to, di- you know, dive into those subjects. I I love doing it because, like, um, I'll really dive dive into a subject, you know, as much as I can to really make each song its own little, um, I guess, its own little little movie, you know. And um, I just love I just love doing that, you know. Um, when you you're not going to get that from pop music, you know, or 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 most kinds of music, you know, something that you know takes you on a journey and tells a story. Absolutely, and it's you know there there was a study that came out about a year or two ago that just made me laugh so hard, and it was that metalheads are proven to be some of the happiest people out there as opposed to what so many people think that we're so miserable. Yeah, yeah, I actually saw that article as well. And I, you know, um, well, you know, metalheads, we're all like a family, you know, when you, I was just about to say that. Yeah. You you want to take this one? Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say, you go into the pit. If you did mosh me, I go in the pit, I'd break a hip or something now, but, um, Basically, but no, I've been in the pit before. People have helped me up. If you go to a hip-hop or a rap show, what's going to happen? Start fighting and guns come out and it gets really bad. And Yeah. Yeah, exactly. You, you never know. There might be gangs there. You might, you know, you know, it's just bad, bad things going on, you know. Metalheads, they just – they just love the music. It's like, you know, it's like a religion and um, you meet metalheads all over the world. You know, the, the metalheads I meet all over the world, it's immediately you feel that bond with them. And, um, and, you know, we, you know, we, as long as we have our music, you know, we're happy and, you know, we, and uh, we stick together and, uh, and I'll bet that gets many people through a lot of tough times. You know, like, oh, for and even the music itself, not only the metalhead friends, like, you know, maybe uh, you're and people in school, maybe you got long hair and they, they treat you badly and you're treated like an outcast. But you know what? You go home, you put on your metal music and it's talking about, hey, you know, we're all together. That's you right. Know, and it just gets you through. That's absolutely right. And, you, you know. I, I got to say, I was part of that back in the late 80s, early 90s is when I graduated high school. And, yeah, it really felt that way. Like, you could connect to that atmosphere. But, uh, Mike, I wanted to ask you, what is next for you, like, as far as recording, live events? What's coming up next for, for you? Um, you know, well, I'm always uh, getting asked to do recordings. So that's kind of an ongoing thing. Um so, uh, you know, that's always kind of like a steady thing. As far as playing live, um, 
the next gig I'm going to do is going to be on uh, November 27th at Dingbats. I'm going to be playing bass for uh, Metal Mike Clyde's check. And um, so I'll do that gig. And um, what's the day on that, Mike? Bob, that's uh, November 27th. Nice. And Mike Clyde's check, uh, he was one of the guitar players for Rob Halford during the time he had left Judas Priest. So, you know, oh, wow. he comes, he plays, and he, uh, you know, he'll play a lot of the Halford solo stuff. He'll do some Priest stuff. And uh, it's always a fun night. You know, it's just good, fun, heavy metal night, good atmosphere. So, um, good. you know, come down if you can. He also played with, he also played with uh, Sebastian Bach, and he also had his own project called Pain Museum. That's right. And I think wow. even for a little while, he was in Testament for a little while. Yes. I was just about to say he replaced uh, Eric Peterson mm. for a, like like a tour. So, uh, wow. Yes. That's cool. So, yeah, and it's a great lineup. You got Mark Lopes, right? Mm-hmm. You got Mark Lopes playing or singing. You got you on bass. And I think it's Bobby Jasalsnik, I believe, playing drums. No. Um, oh, wait, Ron Lesnicki from uh, Overkill. Exactly. Right? And, uh, yeah, yeah. Ronnie's a fantastic drummer. He's so easy right. to play to because he's always, like, right on the money, you know? So right. um, it's always fun, you know? Mike brings out the leather and the whole, the whole, uh, the whole bit, you know? So it's always a good time. And then um in two and then I won't have anything going on until two thousand twenty two. So um you know, uh I'm just kinda chill out till then and then hopefully in twenty twenty two everything will pick up again. And you said, you you said if we want to get out and hang out with you for a little bit, it's gonna be a ding bass. Definitely. <laughs> Absolutely. So, well, Mike, thank you so much for taking the time to speak to me and CT. We very much appreciate it and appreciate you. Uh, good luck with the new move to Florida. Uh, I will you. text you my uh, address so you can send me some grapefruit. Okay. Um, what about, how about <laughs> coconuts, man? Um, yeah. Okay. <laughs> I won't say no. Sure. Yes, I like pina coladas. They're singing in the rain. So, all right. Is it dancing in the rain or singing in the rain? I don't know. My my two sons are confirming, and that song wasn't even around when they were itching my pants. So they were confirming. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, thank you. Thank you so much, guys. Well, it's pleasure pleasure to talk to both of you, and uh, we'll do this again uh, sometime soon. Sounds great, brother. Talk to you soon. Okay, bye bye now. Take care. So, Steve, I, I just got to say, oh, man, <laughs> I think I just hung up on Steve, didn't mean to, so uh, getting him to call right back in, <laughs> and uh, sorry about that, but yeah, uh, Psycho Steve, thank you so much for calling in, man, did not mean to hang up on you this evening, hopefully you'll call right back in, if not, Guys, it has been such a great time tonight. Uh, Like I said, we're going to be back here July 6th, next week, next Monday. Can you believe it's July already? With DK Ravel, 
of kicking Valentina. Man, so crazy to think about, man. You know what? In honor of next week, we're going to uh, – we're 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 gonna kinda get off the air here with a little bit of revenge. It is the revenge of rock. Have a good week, guys. Mm-hmm.